the Matrix is still slightly out of focus for Hez, but she manages to form a larger, more powerful spear. She launches it with her mind, and it gets behind the firewall just as it closes. The once orderly coding of the computer is now shades of red and orange, and data streams appear to arc and loop back into themselves, quickly overloading. The structure collapses into itself. I watched the computer's icon fade away. I check out the system. The glittering matrix looks like it all rushes towards Hez, merging into an all-encompassing bright white light, which then fades into darkness. I open my eyes and make eye contact with Jitangeline. I'm okay. I'm... I'm sorry I hit you. Oh, it was nothing. What happened? Hez removes the wire from her head and it automatically retracts back into the cyberdeck. The computer's taken care of. No more cameras? No one will see us. My plan is is to pose as the computer repairman. I look around my disguise kit. Hey guys, it looks like this is gonna take me a while to do. Are we willing to wait for me to create this or should I just go in with my face? I fight the urge to roll my eyes. I could try to make you invisible, Kurt. I don't know if that would help me in negotiating, Jet. So are we doing the distracting fight thing while I pick the lock or are we just doing computer repair, man. Dreger turns to Kurt. Well, I thought I thought you would interview them as a cop first. Well, now that the whole thing's changed, so you can start off as the computer repair and start off that way, and if it gets weird, then I step in. But if you can handle it while they're scoping it out, you can handle it. If we need to stretch for time and stuff's going weird, I'll step in and we'll cause a ruckus, all right? Meantime, I'll keep an eye out on, I'll keep an eye out on them and make sure nothing weirds, no one's weirds approaching. I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll keep an eye on, on all of you guys. So like backup. Right, backup. I like this idea. Do you have anything that you can use to non-lethally knock people out? My fists, my forehead. Mm. What do computer repairmen look like? I don't look, do I look like one? They look doughy. They're soft and pudgy people. How long would it take a computer repairman to come? Do I look like I own a fragging computer? I don't know, Hez. I'd say let's give it a good half hour, 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, then. Then I might as well disguise myself. Give it a shot. Why not? You got time. I take Drager's comment on Doughy literally and try to fatten my face. I watch with some amusement. Kurt deftly applies some facial putty, various makeup powders and pastes, and a small amount of nano-weave mesh, making his new skin reflect light correctly and look natural. After 20 minutes, Kurt looks in a small mirror attached to the disguise kit and snaps it shut. Nice. I think you fit the bill. Yeah. How's, how do I look, everybody? You look rather... doughy. And that's a good thing, right? Uh, yes. We think enough time has passed... Go for it. Here I go. Be ready, Draeger. I approach the guard tower. The guard inside is speaking to somebody that Kurt can't see. He stops talking when he sees Kurt approaching. I look up at the camera and think to myself, all right, here goes. Can I help you? Yeah, got a ping about a computer down. <laughs> Damn, that was fast. You, uh, you walk here? 
Nah, got an Uber. Wow, I'm impressed. We never get computer service here this quickly before. Yeah, fastest, best service in the country. You know, yeah, how it is. <laughs> well, I know now. Yeah, this computer just shut down on us out of nowhere and it won't turn back on. We've tried unplugging it and plugging it back in, press the power button, it's just dead. I'm glad you guys got here so fast because the security cameras are down too. Can you get those up and running as well? Yeah, let me take a look. Great, uh, let me just open the gate up. Oh wait, the gate is controlled by the computer. Um, I'll have to walk around the back and open the other gate by hand. Meet me on the other side over there. As the guard walks through a door into the large warehouse, Kurt walks to the other side of the guard building. He casually looks back to the dumpsters and notices something out of place. He rubs his eyes thinking there might be something in them and squints at the mirage. He then remembers the effect from the gang hideout and surmises that this approaching shimmer is Jet, who has turned herself invisible. She moves closer to Kurt. As I feel Jet in my presence, I get vaguely creeped out. The guard begins to unlock the gate. Jet kneels and presses herself against the building, beneath the tinted windows, waiting for her moment. The gate swings open. There you go. As Kurt walks in, Jet stays low and makes her move, putting Kurt between herself and the guard. She then presses up against the side of the warehouse. Kurt then moves quickly away from Jet, trying to keep the guard's focus. Has this kind of thing been happening a lot lately? Nah, it's weird because there wasn't any kind of power surge and computers haven't had any technical problems in the past. This came out of nowhere. Computers are usually ship-shaped, pardon the, you know, pun. I don't laugh. Kurt and the guard make their way back to the guard room in awkward silence. Once they turn the corner, Jet takes a closer look at the substantial lock. Drager has. I'm sorry, guys. I really wanted Hez here and Drager for backup, but this is a pretty advanced lock. I'm not sure if I can get it open without the key. I guess this is up to you, Jet. Good luck in there. I start to sneak around the docks, getting the lay of the land. Kurt, can you buy us some time? I'll do my best. Hopefully you find some good stuff for us out there. Kurt is guided through the warehouse to the connected guard building. The warehouse is full of crates, boxes, and stairs leading up to a catwalk up above. The bright hanging lights illuminate the walkway and the cargo from the front, but cast many shadows behind. They walk through a door and into the guard room. Kurt sees another guard, slightly heavier and with a unibrow, sitting near a desk, eating a sandwich. There are a few monitors which have blue screens, a microphone for announcements, black wires which snake their way into the ceiling, and a control panel of some kind with green and red lights. Not to worry guys, this should be quick. First thing I need is to get access to the wires behind that desk there. Okay. Do you want us to pull that desk out a little bit? Yeah, that'd be great. The two guards stand on both sides of the desk and drag it out from the wall. <sighs> I peer behind the desk at the wires. I look over to the guards. This is just gonna take a sec. Uh, if you have something else you're doing. Okay, uh, well, we don't have cameras up, Jake, so why don't you walk around? I'll stay here. That's probably a good idea. Jake takes the last bite from his sandwich, then reaches over to a collection of lanyards on the wall and takes a key pass of some kind on his way out. Kurt notices a hoop with many old-fashioned metal keys hanging next to the lanyards as Jake opens the door to the warehouse. Jake walks through and digs his comlink out of his pocket, completely unaware of Jet, 
who is standing still above him on the catwalk. She watches him through the grating as he makes his way to the door on the opposite side. Hez, I'm on the catwalk in the warehouse. I see some pretty big crates and a bunch of smaller cardboard boxes everywhere. I'm telling you so you remember. Good job, Jitangeline. When you can, go ahead and get outside and see what the best place is for us to post up. A guard just walked out there. I'll head out, but I need to be careful. Of course. Just keep your eyes out. They're gonna be alright. Guys, this con is only gonna work once. We need to find another way into the dock for next time. Kurt, if you can, see if you can steal a badge or some sort of access thing that the guards might have on them. You know, just anything lying around that you can pick up or a code or anything that's get in this place after hours. Good idea. The window guard is leaning back in his chair and playing a game on his comlink. I pretend to rustle with wires behind the desk. I make a lot of noise, so it seems like I'm doing something. I'm just going to go to the other side of the desk here and see where these wires are running. Looks like there's um, some bad wiring in here, but I'm not quite sure. The guard doesn't look up. Do what you gotta do, man. So I walk to the other side of the desk and crouch down. Right before crouching, Kurt looks at the guard, then quickly reaches for a card on a lanyard and the hoop of rings. He grabs both items and gently places them in his pocket, turning so his body obscures the guard's vision should he decide to look up. He never does. Kurt crawls under the desk. I secured a way in next time. Good job, Kurt. Jet has been making her way around the dock area and through some alleys made up by smaller storage buildings. She turns a corner and comes face to face with Jake, who at the moment is looking down at his comlink to make a call. Jet quickly backsteps and presses up against the corner of the building. Jake completes his call and looks up just as he walks past the corner. He stops and looks out at the ocean, holding his comlink up to his ear. Jet remains totally motionless, uncomfortably close to Jake's back. She can see the individual hairs on the back of his neck. Hey, was that you with the computer system tonight? The computer's fragged up and the cameras went down. No? Weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there'll be a clear dock with a cargo ramp for King Lear's boat. He'll come in, you guys do your exchange, he leaves, you guys drive out the gate. Yeah, do it at dock too. The camera can't see it too well. Yeah, as long as nothing happens, no one will ever check out the footage. I, I think he knows that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll just be me here. All right, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye. Jake hangs up and turns his head left and right. Jet tilts slightly to stay just outside of his peripheral vision. Guys, I just overheard a guard. They're coming in on boats. They're using boats for the deal. When you're done there, come on out, and we'll take a look at this guy and I'll remember his face. Perhaps we could even follow him back to where he goes. Right. Make sure you scope out any good hiding places for us. We're gonna need four separate places. I'm on it. I continue my reconnaissance of the docks. You, uh, getting any closer there? Well, I'm sorry to say this, but it might be more of a systemic problem you're dealing with here. Can you show me where the power grid is for this place? Power grids? Um, I'm not really sure what that is. What would that look like? You know, fuse box, controls power, things plug into it, powers the docks. 
No? Uh, yeah, I think I know where that is. Let me show you. Okay, thanks. The guard walks Kurt into the warehouse. He points to a fuse box just behind some large boxes in the corner. All right, can you open that for me? The guard opens the fuse box. I use my micro camera to take a picture of the open fuse box. The guard, totally convinced of Kurt's authenticity, thinks nothing of it. Well, everything here looks fine. I'm gonna have to make a call to uh, my company. Is there a good place out here, good reception for matrix access? Yeah, reception's usually better outside of the warehouse. All right, I'll just be a minute. There's a vehicle coming down the road, just a heads up. What kind of vehicle is it? It looks like it might be a repairman. It's a white van that says Computrex on the side. Oh, great. It's the real computer repair people. Hey, uh, hey guys, what's the quickest way out of here? I'm going over the fence. Do you want to help? Oh, man. I don't know if I want your kind of help. Can you get to the gate as they're opening it for the van? Guys, what if we take the two out in the van and steal the van? Traeger, do you always resort to violence? Track. No. I just feel like you want a van. I look around for an escape route. The water seems treacherous. There's a ladder leading to the roof, but that's a far fall and there's no way I could get away. I could hide out, but there's no way out except for the gate. Jutangeline, you're going to have to risk Kurt's anger and go ahead and make him invisible. Then the two of you will have to sneak out while the van is either on its way in or on its way out. Has he already doesn't like me. It's better than getting caught. I can hear you two talking. I run to Kurt and begin casting invisibility. It's difficult to focus on sustaining my own invisibility while trying to cast on Kurt. Okay. If it's the only way out. Don't worry, Kurt. You're gonna be fine. Oh, man. Here goes nothing. Jet touches Kurt's shoulder. Kurt looks like he softly breaks apart as light begins to bend around him, through him, and over him, leaving only a human-looking outline of bent light. Oh, my God. What's happening? Focus, Kurt. Let's just get out. <sighs> okay. You're fine, Kurt. Just you two get out of there now. Okay. I run towards the gate. I run with Kurt. They make it to the gate they entered through and press up against the side of the warehouse. They wait, but the van never comes. They look back and see Jake walking quickly around the docks. His weapon is drawn. Oh, shit. Kurt, don't you have keys? And a badge. I do. I don't know what they're for. I guess it's a great time to find out. Once you open that gate, they're gonna come after you, so don't run towards us. Kurt selects one of the 12 keys on the key ring. Okay. Chet, how long does your magic last? Until I break concentration. Okay. We can't go until they're not looking at us. Otherwise, they'll see the gate open. Ah! First one didn't work. Let me try again. The second key fails to open the gate. Ah, okay, I'm okay. I look over and see the guard running, and I stop fumbling with the keys. Out the walls, you guys stick to the shadows. That's a good idea if you can. I move over out of the guard's way and hug the wall. Drager has. If you guys create some kind of distraction out there, it might be good. They would just open the gate themselves anyway. What do you think we should do, Drager? I look around for garbage cans and cars. Is there anything I could use as a distraction? Well. I don't see much to throw here. They have the cleanest dock I've ever seen. What 
we could do is go up to the guard post, demand to see someone who isn't there, about a shipment. Uh, it could be anything, really. If we make a ruckus, the guards will have to come over here, and then Jet and Kurt can get out. Yeah, all right. But we're gonna have to come back here. Yes, they'll have seen us, but they won't have seen those two. It's either that or bide our time and wait. Alright. Alright. I don't know. How long can we stay invisible? How long can you keep that up, Jet? I'm good for now. Alright then, let's play it safe and wait. Yeah, let's wait it out. The guard failed to notice Kurt and Jet, and has begun walking out to the docks, inspecting boats. I walk back to the gate, pull out my keys, try again. Not that one. Keep in mind which key it is when it does work, Kurt. The keys slip out from Kurt's trembling, invisible hands. Oh, I dropped him. Pick him up. Oh, man. All right, Trigger, let's get over there. Game mastering and narration by... We interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast to bring you breaking news. Enigmatic Sonic Realms creator and producer Paul Greenleaf has scheduled the last-minute press conference. We join Tracy O'Neill, who's there now. Tracy? Thank you, Tobias. We are here at a hastily scheduled press conference, and uh, wait, uh, Paul has just entered. Hello? Hello? Hello, ladies and gentlemen, non-binary, the Associated Press. You may be wondering why I've gathered you here tonight. I have a special announcement with regards to Sonic Realms. The show has been bringing a unique form of hybrid role-playing improvisation and heavy post-production to listeners for almost a year now, and they've made their opinions known. Thanks to a small but dedicated base of amazing fans offering support in the way of monetary contributions, voice acting, and editing, Sonic Realms has been saved from going down in history as a failed experiment, and saved from annihilation. Thanks to them, the show is now poised to evolve into something greater, something unexpected. The time has come for Sonic Realms to move into Phase 2 of its development. Fans may have noticed podcast episodes have been coming in less frequently, but that's not because less work has been done. Quite the opposite, in fact. There's a project which has been simultaneously been developing in secret behind the scenes. Because only one project can be worked on at a time, Time spent completing the secret project means time not being used to produce a new episode of the podcast, which means slower production of the podcast. This project, unfortunately, requires a massive time commitment, and every second counts. Our aim is to complete the secret project by August, in time for a worldwide release during Gen Con 2018. This also includes a complete overhaul of the website, more in line with Sonic Realms' ultimate goal, which will also take time and attention. This isn't easy for me to say, but... Until the secret project is completed, due to time and monetary restrictions, 
production on the Shadowrun podcast must temporarily be placed on hold. Sir? Sir? No, security? It's okay. He can stay. The secret project is an enormous undertaking, and fans will be treated to a unique, immersive adventure unlike any other when it's completed, longer than any episode they've ever heard. It will be released as a podcast episode, available for all to hear, hopefully by August 2018. If the project is completed ahead of schedule, Shadowrun will resume normal production once again. Because the Shadowrun adventure must be placed on hold for this evolution to occur, Patreon accounts have been paused until the secret project is unveiled. If you wish to follow the project's development, you can check in on Twitter and Facebook. Though payments have been frozen, patrons will still have access to a deeper look into the project as it reaches completion. Support can still be offered through the website. I wish it didn't have to be like this, because I want to hear more Shadowrun just like anyone else, especially with the cliffhanger the last episode ended on. The beauty and thrill of all of this is that nobody knows where the adventure will go, including me. Hopefully I'll see you online as this evolution unfolds. Please drop by and say hi. Again, I'm deeply sorry that this is how it must be done for the show to grow. I hope fans don't think of this as losing episodes, but rather as charging up for one massive episode in the future. The Shadowrun Hyper Chronicle will continue, better than ever, once this secret project is finished. Thank you all for your patience, and we'll hopefully be seeing you at Gen Con. And thanks to the fans and patrons for getting us this far. We couldn't have done it without you. I cannot answer any questions at this time. I have to get back to editing. The clock is ticking and there's much work to be done. I'll see you soon. Paul has left the stage and the feeling in this room can only be described as electric. Uh, one person has fainted in the back of the room. Can you tell us anything more about this phase two that Paul mentioned? It sounded like perhaps uh, this has been a plan all along, but will require a lot of time to complete. Whether it's a successful launch or not still remains to be seen. Tobias? Thank you, Tracy. We will continue to follow this story as it unfolds. We now return you to your regularly scheduled podcast, already in progress. Mastering and narration by Paul Greenleaf. Drager is played by Marcus Freeman. Jatangeline is played by Mackenzie Paulus. Kurt is played by Chris Tomaso. Hez is played by Torvald Tempestus. Additional voices by Joseph Carey, Izzy Aola. Charles Greenleaf, Torvald Tempestus. Editing, arrangement, original music, and production by Paul Greenleaf. For more story, character details, production notes, and how to support Sonic Realms, please visit sonicrealmspodcast.com. To learn more about the world of Shadowrun, visit shadowrun.com and shadowruntabletop.com. 
The Tops Company Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logo, artwork, marks, photographs, sounds, audio, video, and or any proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Tops Company Inc. has granted permission to Sonic Realms to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or any proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with Sonic Realms in any official capacity whatsoever. All other works mentioned in the podcast are the property of their respective owners. Original content of the Sonic Realms podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 unported and share-like license. If you use any part of the show, please credit Sonic Realms. And hey, thanks for listening. We interrupt your regularly scheduled broadcast to bring you breaking news. Sorry, it's a it's a podcast. Oh, what did I say? B- broadcast. Oh. <laughs> okay.